Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. We are the dynamic duo of Downey and Martez. I am Trey Downey, and along with me every single week to talk some Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, the one and only Lynn Martez. Lynn, what's up, man? When you say dynamic duo, mm-hmm. I think of Batman and Robin. And that makes me Robin, man. No, they're, they're, I don't know how dynamic I'm a, Batman I'm and Robin are you, because I'm they're like. I'm going to need you to go back and watch Adam West as Batman and Robin and see what Robin was how like. How far do you want me to go back, man? Don't like, get crazy. Don't, don't act like you're. you're like Batman 15. forever was my, and no. George Clooney was like my introduction to Batman. Hey man, no, 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 no. You can, can, can you, I just go watch you, The Dark Knight? No, don't get, don't get cute because there's no Robin in The Dark Knight. Although actually of all the Batmans post Adam West, Christian Bale's the dude. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. You can have your Michael Keaton and you can have all uh, Clooney. Nah, Christian Val Bale. Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer. Slim Val Kilmer, by the way, because now he, he's gonna blow it up. <laughs> Doesn't um, look good. But he was, he was a badass in Tombstone, though. He was a badass in Tombstone. I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. It's one of the few Westerns I like, actually. We are not Batman and Robin. We are equals on this show. And today we will talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first. We will talk about a certain player on the Buccaneers being named the top at his position by coaches, executives, and fellow players. After we get into that, we are going to do what we did last week and take a trip around the NFC South. Last week, we previewed the Atlanta Falcons and their offseason heading into training camp. This week, we will look at the Carolina Panthers. But before we get into all of that, your quick social reminder, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And as always, follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation on Twitter. And check out the website, BucksNation.com. Now, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever, do us a big favor and click that subscribe button. That way, whenever a new episode drops, you don't have to do anything. You'll get a notification on your phone that the new episode is out and you can start listening right away. And if you're listening to us on Apple, please leave us a review. It helps with the algorithm so more people see our podcast when they are searching for the best NFL podcasts out there. And we'll we'll take a look at your review. We'll, uh, we want to know what we're doing well, what we're doing not so well, so we can make this the best podcast possible for all of you. Now, Lynn, I said that a Tampa Bay Buccaneer has been ranked the best at his position by players, coaches, and executives in the NFL. Basically, we're talking about congrats, congrats, Ryan Suckup. No, no, we're not. We're not talking about uh, Ryan Suckup. But after a couple weeks of saying that. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians were disrespected by certain lists. We've got a Buccaneer who is getting some very well-deserved recognition. Maybe two, uh, maybe he's even ranked a little bit higher than he probably should be 
but that's Devin White. ESPN uh, it polled a bunch of NFL executives, coaches, and players uh, this offseason to rank the top players at each position in the NFL. And at off-ball linebackers, Devin White was ranked number one ahead of your Bobby Wagners, ahead of your Darius Leonard's, ahead of your Levante Davids. Devin White, according to his fellow fellow players and the coaches in the NFL, is the number one ranked off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Hey, man, I love Devin White. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's only going to get better. Is he the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL? I don't know. I don't know if he's the best off-ball linebacker on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You you made you made a statement, and in your statement, you put the most important words to me as far as the votes is concerned, and that is getting better. That's why executives see him as the future. Because think about it, it's only a couple of years and he's already made the mark that he's made on his team and on his defense. And granted, love Levante David. Shout out 305, where he's from. Shout out Nebraska, Cornhusker. But the dude has played nine, 10 years and played all 16 games, 17 this year. But moving forward, this defense is going to be Devin White's defense, if it isn't already. And because of that, yeah, you can probably say he may not have the resume as far as Pro Bowls and all pros that some of the guys you mentioned, Bobby Wagner and and Darius Leonard. But when it comes to the future and getting better and what he's already able to do in the league, that's why the execs rank him numero uno. Darius Leonard's young too, man. He's only been in the league, been in the league a few years. Maybe Leonard was better as a rookie. I agree with you on the getting better thing because when you see guys take big leaps like Devin White did this year, that kind of sticks out as opposed to Darius Leonard basically being an all pro every single year of of his young career. And I am not trying to disrespect Devin White at Trey, all. With one this. guy, listen, bottom line is one guy's at this ceiling and the other guy's not. And the other guy's Devin White. He hasn't seen his ceiling. Do I'm we know if Darius Leonard is at his ceiling though? Yes, yes. He's still only yes. been in the league a few how years. How better can he better? get? No, no. How much better can he get? No, the guy's a beast. He's a beast. But he's beasting at the top level. Is Devin his... White the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL right now, today? I'm telling you why the execs ranked him number one. Because if of the ESPN future. Because, called, because called playoff Lenny, Lynn Martez, and said, who are you putting number one? Who are you putting number one? Put probably the Darius Leonard or even Bobby Wagner. I'd probably rank one of those two guys ahead of him. Yeah. Only because of their resumes and what they've done in the last eight to ten years in the league. That's why but I'm telling you why execs rank Devin White ahead of those guys because of what they've seen in the, the first couple of years of his career and the anticipation that he's going to get even better. That getting better means he's going to be better than the guys I mentioned that I would pick number one right now. Yeah, Quentin, or, uh, Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, I think in the same draft for the Colts that year was absolutely phenomenal. I think Leonard has one more year 
of uh, of experience than Devin White. I think he was drafted the the year prior. So Darius Leonard, but Bobby Wagner's been in the league for ten years. Dude. Yeah, and so and Levante obviously longer than that. The guy that was right number two on that list, Fred Warner from San Francisco. Admittedly, I I don't know a ton about him. I didn't watch a ton of 49ers football last year when they were going through their injury struggles. So I'm not going to, I can't tell you he's, he's worse or, or better, but it, Darius Leonard to me and seeing Bobby Wagner through the years, phenomenal, but it's amazing that the, that the bucks have two linebackers in that top five. And look, if you did this list a couple of years ago, Levante David probably should have been number one, but wouldn't have got that recognition just because of where where the Bucks were and things like that. You don't have to You're go a couple years ago. Yeah, because you don't have to go a couple of years ago. You can go this time last year. These guys yeah. weren't getting it. These guys weren't getting their recognition last year. It's just the, it, it, it's a crazy thing that Levante for so long was so uh, was so good and so overlooked. And now that he is now that he's getting that recognition, he's being he's uh, being viewed as not even the best linebacker on his own team anymore. It's just it's, it's well, a weird dichotomy. Here's the thing. And this is the reason this is the reason why. It also plays in a factor when it comes to Dev, uh, Levante David and not getting the recognition that he earned over the last 10, 11 years. Mm -hmm. And that is a fact that, unfortunately for Levante, he played on a losing football team. And a team that basically had, what, one winning season? I think it was 2016 when they went nine and seven. Yep. The year that they played that Sunday night game versus Dallas Cowboys. And we were all hoping that this would be a way for them to get a wild card uh you know, birth and, and unfortunately and then lost. Zeke and jumped in the Salvation Army. Yeah, so, yeah, he, with his little halter top. Uh, but that's the reason why Levante is finally getting the recognition now because he's on a Super Bowl winning football team. But also part of the reason why Devin White is being recognized as being the top guy too is because winning brings that. Yeah. Again, Devin White didn't change overnight from from 2020 to 2021 or 2019 to 2020. He's the same football player. The thing is, if you got more eyes on him and he's being seen more on Sundays, playoff games, divisional round, NFC championships, and in the Super Bowl, so now everyone's recognizing him. That's the thing. Winning football brings you recognition. Yeah, and ESPN is doing a ton of these lists. They're doing it for every position. Uh, they've done edge rushers, interior uh, D-line, uh, off-ball linebackers, as I said, and then they've, they've been into defensive backs lately. They're going to move into quarterbacks and the offensive players in the next week or so. Uh, you mentioned to me that Vita Vea ranked in the top 10 as far as interior defensive linemen go, which is uh, – it's. I mean, that's he's obviously getting some well-deserved recognition there, even with his injury struggles. Well, see, here's the thing. Because remember, again, as I mentioned, wild card, divisional round, NFC championship, Super Bowl. Vita Vea missed the games prior to that, but played in the playoffs and made an impact 
and was recognized by his teammates as far as coming back from injury and making such a huge impact. That goes into him being ranked in the top 10 as far as interior linemen are concerned. He wouldn't have got that. He wouldn't be ranked in the top 10, Trey, if he didn't play in the playoffs last year. 100%. Because that's so when winning winning matters and winning brings recognition. It, I, I'd like to, I don't think ESPN has done this list every single year. I would like to look back and see where guys like Gerald McCoy were ranked during, you know, their complete heyday as far as as far as these lists to just view, you know, how how much winning does matter when it comes to these things. Uh, guys that are on the rise for the Bucks, Antoine Winfield didn't reached the top 10 of the list, but he was, he received votes and uh, for best safeties in the league. And then Carlton Davis uh, didn't make top 10, but received votes for uh, the best cornerback in the league as well. Lynn, I know you love lists, but we can go ahead and move on. Now it'll be interesting to see where uh, compared to Chris, it's going to be interesting to see compared to like where Chris Sims ranked Tom Brady, where do NFL coaches executives and players rank Tom Brady when the quarterback list comes comes out next week yeah before you spew out that propaganda I don't like lists I'm making that perfectly clear yes I know you don't I know yeah you do but I'm making sure people that listen to the so-called dynamic duo (laughs) understand I don't like lists we're not the rockers even though it's, I, I would say I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Sean Michaels, but I'm not going to put. Marty oh, Jeanette. really? I'm not going to. I'm not going to so, put. So I'm not going to put Marty Jeanette. Jeanette. No, no, no. Maybe we're more. Are, are, we, are we like? I don't uh, want his, I don't are we want like Miz and Morrison? Career, thank you very much. Miz and Morrison, you can, you can be, jo- you can be Johnny Drip Drip. I'll take, I'll, I'll take the, the Miz role. Why do we have? Why, why do we have to be anything? Why, okay, you know what? Let's be the rock and sock. That's perfect. That's perfect. You can take you can take the rock side of that. I will I will fully take mankind McFoley. That that's perfect. That's the perfect one right there. There you go. Rock Uh, and sock. Next week, next week, Lynn Martez, this is your life. Uh, Have a nice day. (laughs) You I know you can't see this, listeners, but I've got a sock on my hand. Oh Uh, so now let's move in to previewing the NFC South. Last week, we talked about the Atlanta Falcons. This week, we will talk about the Carolina Panthers. Year two under Matt Rule and Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator there. And you have to start any conversation with the Carolina Panthers moving into this season of them making another quarterback change. After signing Teddy Bridgewater last offseason and thinking that he was their guy, had some injury struggles this year, had a bit of an up and down season. They traded him away and traded for Sam Darnold and got Sam Darnold for what I think was a pretty good bargain. They've already picked up the fifth-year option on Sam Darnold. So they are going all in on the former number three overall pick in the NFL draft by the New York Jets. And I still believe in Sam Darnold. We've had arguments back and forth on this on this podcast, Lynn, as far as where we rank Sam Darnold and who we would take him over as far as other quarterbacks in the league. I'll tell you what, I think that he's in a much better situation with a mind like Joe Brady and the option, the options and the weapons that the Carolina Panthers have uh, more so than what he ever had in New York. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if you're doing another podcast with someone else or you're in a tag team with someone else, but The Rock or on this tag team connection mm -hmm. or the Len Martez, as I speak in the third person, <laughs> of this podcast has no problem with Sam Donald. I'm good with Sam Donald. I'm glad he's out of New York. I think the argument was uh, was Sam Darnold versus a certain quarterback who marks who might start for the Saints. I think that's where I think that's where oh, we, we had that. Yeah, because I mean, I got one guy that threw for five thousand yards and I got you. I got you. Don't need we'll 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 talk don't need about to go that down that road again when we no preview need, the no Saints. Need, no need to go down that road again. Yeah, we'll go. We'll get we'll get there next week, <laughs> and we'll see enough of them play each other too. So. For sure. But when it comes to Sam Donald. The thing that rings out to me when it, when it comes to Sam Donald and playing for Matt Rule and, and, as you mentioned, Joe Brady, former LSU offensive coordinator, is are you going to protect him? That's the thing. Because over the last couple of years, whether it was Cam Newton, Will Allen, uh, not, not Will Allen, what's the – Will Greer is the other guy, yeah. but Allen, Kyle Allen. For, yeah. Kyle Allen. Um, they've allowed a bunch of sacks, man. They, they've allowed last year, even yes, they've allowed the they've allowed their quarterback to get sacked like 130 times in the last three years, 126 to be exact. One year they allowed uh, we talked about Greer and and Kyle Allen. They allowed 58 sacks. Fix the offensive line. Give your quarterback a chance to make plays to the playmakers they obviously have. One guy that's one of only three running backs to rush 4,000 yards and receive 1,000 yards in the same season in Christian McCaffrey. And granted, he's coming off the knee injury he had last year, which in my eyes probably is going to probably keep the, the carries and the catches down. I think the workload is going to be less for McCaffrey in 2021. Let's put it that way. It's coming off from these coming off from these surgery. It's it's and, going to be interesting to see because we talked about Mike Davis last week going to uh, Atlanta, and that was the guy that took away touches and stuff like that from McCaffrey. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps into that role moving. Well, forward. they drafted a guy Hubbard from yeah. Oklahoma State, who I so, like a lot. Chuba, yeah. So you, you you got a guy you got a guy there that you know is accustomed to having a workload. Obviously, he's going to be a rookie, so you have to work him in. But coming off the knee surgery, I like McCaffrey a lot, a whole lot. And he's actually surprised me in the career that he's had in the NFL because I didn't know coming out of uh, Stanford he would do what he's doing, being one of, if not the most dynamic running back in the NFL. But, again, you want him to stay healthy for the 17-game season, especially considering they have a bye week that's late this year, week 13. Bye. So you're going to have to work, keep the workload down on Christian McCaffrey this year. And, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, they do have good wide receivers. You've got DJ Moore. You've got Robbie Anderson still there. Uh, Curtis Samuel did uh, sign with another team. David Moore, they brought in to replace them. They signed two offensive linemen, Cameron Irving and Pat Elf, elf line uh, to hopefully shore up that that offensive line. They also made some moves on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Denzel Perryman uh, at linebacker and AJ Bouye and Rashawn Melvin at corner because they definitely needed to shore up uh, the secondary 
on on that side of the ball. The interesting thing to me and looking forward, don't forget they drafted. Don't forget they drafted a, a corner in, in J.C. Horn too. Yeah, so they they definitely focused on shoring up that secondary, but, but they going- needed to For because sure. you know in the, in the last five years, three of the five years, they've allowed over four hundred points. And granted, some of that was under Juan Rivera, but some of that was last year too with Matt Rule. And last year, think about it. Last year, 2020, their whole draft was defense players. Yeah. That defense still struggled last year, giving them the second consecutive five and eleven season. So you're hoping that another year with the draft of 2021, drafting JC Horn and some of the guys that they signed, as you mentioned, that they can fix that defense. Because if not, they're gonna be battling the Atlanta Falcons for the seller in the NFC South. And obviously you want to cheer up your your secondary when you're playing. Uh, against the Buccaneers, the Falcons, who we think are going to be a very pass-heavy offense. And uh, even though the Saints have Alvin Kamara, they're even though they're moving on from Drew Brees after his retirement, they're still going to be a pass-heavy offense in New Orleans as well. The interesting thing to me that is going to tell the story of Sam Darnold moving forward and his future success is, I think Joe Brady, look at what he did at LSU, turning that program into something that they had never seen there, that dynamic offense and turning Joe Burrow into a first overall pick. I think that he is the right guy to help Sam Darnold, especially moving on from, from a guy like Adam Gase and, and what he had there in, in New York. But here's the thing with that. If Sam Darnold does have a great year this year and takes the strides and looks like the guy that people thought he would be when he was the number three overall pick, people are going to be calling Joe Brady and he's going to be a head coach next year. So then Sam Darnold is going to have to move on to another offensive coordinator. I mean, the Bengals, if they don't take a huge step this year, Zach Taylor's gone and they will call Joe Brady and give him say, this is a blank contract. Come back with, with Joe Burrow here. So That's going to be the interesting thing to me. Yes, I think Sam Darnold can make strides, but is his grunt or is his growth still going to be stunted if he makes those strides and then his offensive coordinator and the guy that turns him around is gone again? Well, yeah, here's the thing about if that happens and he's able to take strides under Joe Brady, he's not only taking him under Joe Brady, he's doing it with as I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey and Matt Rules, the head yeah. coach, is, is concerned. So, and not only that, but listen, confidence is, is, is scary. It is deadly. And right now, Sam Donald has not seen the fruits of his label that he had at USC in the time that he put into being a quality quarterback in the NFL. Because he was seeing ghosts, it. man. Hey, and, and you know what? <laughs> He's been seeing ghosts. Why? Because he didn't have a Chris McCaffrey type running back when he was with the Jets and he certainly didn't have um, complete confidence. Well, let me put it this way. I don't think the coaching staff in New York had complete confidence in him to be able to do what, what he's able to do to be a successful Reunites with Robbie in Anderson, the best receiver he's had in his NFL And Robbie career. Anderson is very happy to have him thrown in the football. That's the thing. And that's the thing that you need to consider when you talk about quarterbacks like Sam Donald who have guys who want to play with him that's the thing as bad as it was in new york 
Robbie Anderson wants Sam Donald as his quarterback in Carolina. And you might say, well, it's because of the alternative of what Robbie Anderson had in Carolina, but he also knows Sam Donald. And Sam Donald, again, with this team, if they're able to protect him, will be decent enough to make the Carolina Panthers close to 500 in 2021. The biggest thing for me, and, and granted, they get off to a, you know, a start at home. First two games are at home. One of them being Sam Donald's former team, the New York Jets. Week one, Jets, Panthers, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. But the way they end the season is going to tell how good this football team ends up playing in 2021. Because the last four games <laughs> yep. against, uh, against the opponents made the, the playoffs last year. That being the Bucks twice the Saints, and the Bills. That's how they end their season in 2021. And if, they, and if they don't get off to the good start and win those games early that they have against the Jets and even the Saints and the Texans, it's going to be another 5-11 season for them like it's been the last two years. Again. Or 5-12 and 12 or 6-11. Or 5-12. Yeah, I keep forgetting. It's, it's going to be so, it's games. Still so weird. But think about this. Like I said, Bucks. Saints, Bills, combined 47 and 17 last year. That's how you end your season, dude. So again, they gotta get they gotta get fat early against the Jets, maybe even sneak up on the Saints and beat the Texans. All of a sudden you're three and all. If they don't get off to that fast start, hoo, 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 hoo. as good as a coach Matt Rule can be, and as much as he's changing that that team, that roster into how he wants it to be, and he has his quarterback. It's going to be a rough season for them. And I think that this is a team, if they can get some of that momentum, if they can get off to a hot start because of the lack of depth in the NFC, I think that it's a team that could be a fringe wildcard contender, especially Ooh. with especially Ooh. with that extra with that extra wild card there. I think you're looking at prop I think you're looking at probably three teams that'll make the playoffs out of the NFC West. But I don't know where you're going for another division as far as making, uh, as far as two teams making it in. Right now, today, uh, I might change this. Uh, I reserve the right to change this statement depending on who ends up being the starting quarterback. I think I would be more confident in picking the Carolina Panthers to make the playoffs in 2021 than the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> well, that's I, it, regardless of if Aaron Rodgers shows up and ends up playing for them, maybe the Vikings. I I don't know where you're getting two playoff teams out of that division, and I don't think you're getting it out of the NFC East. So I think that you'll get three. I think you'll get three. You could even get all four teams in the NFC West making the playoffs if the 49ers go back to what you think that they can be this year versus where, where I think they can be. Uh, but I, I think it's very possible that the Carolina Panthers at 10 and seven could get that last wild card spot because looking at that roster and what that team is right now, I think that they can, I think that they're comparable to what the Chicago bears were last season when they, when they snuck in. And I think the NFC is oh, no. less deep this year than no. they were last year. No, no, no. The, the Panthers defense, dude, like I told you, is, has been 
routinely giving up over 400 points a season. The Bears' defense was stout last year. It's that's the reason why they were able to. With you, but that's the reason why they were able to be just like if no, I don't, I don't disagree. How I don't disagree with with how vanilla and how bad their offense was. Heck, that's the reason why they drafted Justin Fields because they didn't. The most important position they didn't have settled as far as the quarterback's concerned. So your offense, listen, if you don't have if you don't have a quarterback, if you don't have a quarterback that keeps you from screwing up offensively, then you don't have the guy. You can't say you have a good offense. Washington has a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick that obviously is a guy that is there just not to mess it up, but he's good enough where you would think that he'd be able to do that. But besides that, I mean, again, the Bears were they had a problem at quarterback. They had a problem running the football. They, they had multiple problems. Other than Allen Robinson, they really didn't have a lot of playmaking on, on their team. That's not Washington's problem. And as far as the NFC East is concerned, I think you're selling a couple of those teams short. You might get four teams out of the West. I'm not sold on Arizona like you are, but I think you're selling teams at NFC East short because as good as the Skins defense is, and and I listen, if somebody says to me, including you, says to me the Skins are going to win, well, I'm sorry, the Washington football team is going to win the NFC East in 2021, I would probably agree with you. I'm with you. But but you think that there's another wild card team there? Yeah, I think I think Dallas or the Giants could. I would, I think I would, the, I, think I would the bet the Giants could win ten games before I bet Carolina could win ten games. Ooh, really, Trey? When do I, you think they're going to win those ten games? Because they're going to lose the last four. I'm not as they're high losing the, the they're the Saints, losing man. the last four. The, the the Saints, I don't know. I don't. Okay, well then they're losing three of the last four. If I even give you the Saints win, you think they're sweeping the Saints? I'll get. The, I'll I, I don't know if they're going. I don't know if they're going to sweep the Saints, but I'm. Well, they play on the road. They play on the road in week uh, seventeen. They they are going to have to. I I'm saying that they are a fringe wild card contender. They could possibly be that. You got to win ten games. Ten I, seven. I'm not. I, this is not my That's official prediction because it's too year. early in the off season. What the, double the amount from last okay, year? Okay, I'm going to ask what. What do you think right now? What do you think Vegas has their over-under set at? Probably seven, maybe? Seven and a half. So, okay. I mean, that would be that would be an improvement. I think I, – and that's not too far Yeah, and I'll give them eight nine wins. Or ten wins. I'll, no, I'll give them eight. Eight is the max. They'll eight finish one game under 500. What's maybe. that? Who? What? A game under 500, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. I think I think the Panthers right now to me are probably I think the Bucks are unquestionably going to win the division. I think the Panthers today, today on what is it, July 9th, 2021, are the second most likely team to make the playoffs in the NFC South. I just don't think that you can make it with a liability at starting quarterback, but we'll get into that next week on the Bucks Nation podcast when we preview the New Orleans. Okay, that's fine, but 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 before we preview that team next week, mm-hmm. you might want to think about the complete roster of both teams. 
the Panthers, and the Saints. You might like the quarterback position on the Panthers more than the Saints, but as far as the whole roster is concerned, no, I'm with you. But look at the look at the uh, look at look at the Bucks roster that that same that 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 same quarterback uh, had in the in the uh, success he had in Tampa Bay. So. Just my opinion. We'll get into that more. Okay. Uh, we'll get into that more next week when we talk about the New Orleans Saints as we continue to move forward this offseason. As I said, those uh, those lists by the players, coaches, and executives will continue to come out as well. So we'll we'll look and see if if a guy like Ronald Jones does he crack the top ten in running backs in the league? Where is Mike Evans ranked in terms of receivers? Because if that guy ain't top three, I might start a riot uh, next week here on the here on the podcast. Whoa, whoa, top three in the NFL? Yes. Oh, then you. Then I tell you what. Then you better get. You better get to fighting then, because he's not he's in the top. He's not in the. He's not viewed as a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Well, he should be, and we'll talk about that and okay. the New Orleans. And, and you know what? Don't speed bump over it because. Because if you want, I love Mike. No, one of the I'm, best guys. I'm going to say this best, is this is going to be a valid topic. One of next the best guys. Here. This is what they the call in the business as a tease. That's fine, I'm, and I'm teasing it right now too. And I'm teasing it right now too. One of the best guys to cover inside that locker room at the Advent Health Training Center, one buck place, has earned all the accolades that he's gotten, especially the fact that the guys. The only player to start his career the way he has. Yep. As far as the thousand yard seasons that he's had. And Mike's a beast. But if you look, I mean, just top of my head, I think of Hopkins. <laughs> I think of Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about okay. that one. I'm with you on right. Hopkins. What'd you say? I'm with you on Hopkins. I don't know about okay. I don't I don't know about Thomas. I don't know about Thomas. We'll, we'll we'll dig into the we'll, digs. We'll, we'll uh digs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Had a great year. Was a big part of the Bills' success. This this is a good one because I think there are a a good handful of wide receivers. I think if you go, I think if you ask a ton of people around the league, I think Hopkins would probably be considered would be considered by most people as the best receiver in the league. I think after that, the rest of your top three to top five is very debatable. So I'm going to be interested to see where the, where the players, coaches and executives rank the receivers. That's two right there. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you Hopkins. I'll give you Hill. I'm good with Mike being in the top five, but you might want to fight. Because you're going to rank him three after Hill and Hopkins? Okay. We'll get into that next week here on the Bucks Nation podcast. Remember, follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And follow the entire Bucks Nation family on Twitter, the website at Bucks underscore Nation. And always check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest news and analysis on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, this has been Downey and Martez, 
a Bucks Nation podcast.